Open your Bible to Psalm 119. We want to make sure everybody has a handout. Is there anyone who did not get the handout this morning? If you didn't get it, you're going to want to have it. All right, so we have some ushers that have these. If you guys don't mind, come all the way to the front and work your way to the back. It tends to work the best for us. So when the ushers get up here to the front, if you don't have a handout, lift your hand and we'll make sure that you get one. Now, next Sunday, go ahead, guys, make your way back. If you don't have a handout, lift your hand. We'll make sure that you get one. Next Sunday, I am going to be preaching in Austin, Texas. And it's I'm going to be preaching at Pastor Nathan's church down there. And so I'm excited to see him. And you guys are going to get a treat next Sunday because Ty Blackford is preaching Sunday morning and Sunday night. And uh, so you need to tell people that Ty is preaching. And it's funny, we had talked about it before we went on vacation. And so I asked him this morning, I said, now, did you remember that you're preaching next week? He said, I do now. He's ready, ready to go. Diana's got it all written up for him. But next week's going to be a great time here at Grace Baptist. If you've not heard Ty speak yet, you're in for a treat. And uh, I love it that you get to see what our young people get every week. So it's going to be it's going to be good. Pray for me. I'm doing uh, Baptist history Sunday all day, and then Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night. So this coming Wednesday night, I'll be here. And uh, we started last Wednesday night a new series on church tradition. Church, where do these traditions come from? So be in your place Wednesday night, 6.30 for uh, Awana and uh, One Way, and then 7 o'clock for the adult Bible study. And we're going to have a great time with that. Now, I've had a lot of requests for this. The, what we're going to look at this morning are the 10 words. The 10 words that are repeated over and over and over in Psalm 119. And one of the things, before we dive into it, is this. The, the idea of our study is glorifying God by loving His Word. After the fall kickoff, we're going to begin our Sunday night study on how to study the Bible. And that's glorifying God by studying His Word. And our theme for our entire church is glorifying God by exalting His Word. And this idea of loving God's Word, that ought to lead us to loving people. Because God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And so when we love God's Word, that needs to lead us to loving His church, loving ministry. We started in my Sunday school class today as new series on the book of Titus, and it begins with Paul, a servant of God. And that's what we are to be, servants of God, not servants of the church, not servants of the world, not servants of the culture, not servants of of the bank, but we are to be servants of God in this lost and dying world. And when we love God, we love his word, we understand his word, that should motivate us to tell others about Jesus Christ and the truth of the gospel. And so I really want to challenge you, um, you know, our, our, our goal is to dive deeply into God's Word, but then take that Word out into a lost and dying world. And so uh, we're starting, so th- this coming Sunday, Ty will be preaching the following Sunday, is, it's fall kickoff, right? Week from Sunday. Well, let's make that Sunday morning back to church Sunday. So if you're watching on video Next Sunday's back to church Sunday. Let's fill this place up next Sunday. Okay, everybody look around for a minute. Actually, stand up. Everybody stand up. I know, you just got settled in. You got your notes all ready to go. Now look around. Everybody look around. How many of you see somebody that's not here today? 
how do you see them if they're not here? See? I don't know if you're noticing that there's someone that should be here that's not. Reach out to people. Find out where they are. Let's make sure a week from Sunday is back to church Sunday. Thanks. You can be seated. Back to church Sunday. I'll tell you, coming off of the summer, COVID, all the stuff that's been going on, man, we need to be together. We need to grow, and we need to make sure that, that we're all together as a church, and then we'll be ready for the fall kickoff that Sunday night. All right. Let's have a word of prayer, and we'll dive in. Lord, we love your word. Help us to love it more as we understand it better. And Lord, thank you that, that you have given us this repetition because it helps us to understand. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the things that the commentaries uh, all say as I'm studying through for this series as it begins, if you're not careful, you can think that these verses are just repetition, that it's saying the same thing. They're really not. There's nuance to each of them each of these eight sections of Psalm 119 that give us a little different understanding of God's word. The repetition is in these 10 words that are used all through Psalm 119. And so we're just going to go through these. We're going to see, see how far we can get. And uh, let's dive into the first one. Number one, number one, the way, the way, W-A-Y, not the cult over in New Knoxville. How many of you have not listened to my interaction with the cultist that's on our website? How many of you have not heard that? Would you raise your hands? Okay, so go to our website. I believe it's still on the front page. It says, here, pastor altar, answer a cultist. So we were having Bible study in the old fellowship hall, and uh, I was teaching on the deity of Christ, and a guy from, we believe he was from the way, he was from some cult, he came in and started questioning me on the deity of Christ, and the good news is Pastor Nathan was able to boost the audio when he would speak so you can actually hear the whole interaction. So if you've not heard it, you need to. It'd be a really good thing for you to see. So anyway, the way that we're talking about is not the cult. Look at your hand out there. It's used 13 times in Psalm 119. The way this, And so what it's referring to is the way a man should go on his feet. It describes a journey a mode of life, a course of action marked out by God's Word. You see, God's Word is supposed to affect our way. God's Word is supposed to impact the way that we walk. And we've studied that before, gone through the New Testament, and looked at what the Bible says about our walk. And that's, that's, that's the same understanding as our way. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. Right, So if, if you are driving down the road and there's a big sign that says, bridge out, what are you supposed to do? Stop and go a different direction. Now, you are welcome to continue. But there's this thing that's called gravity. And whether or not you believe in it, it will become very real to you at that moment. And so what the Bible does is the Bible describes to us the ways that we are to go. So let's look at a couple of examples of this. Look at verse 1. Blessed are the undefiled in the way. What are those next two words? To walk in the law of the Lord. So when you see talking about your ways, our ways are not God's ways. 
So what are we supposed to do? Turn God into our ways or turn our ways into God's ways? Well, that's an obvious uh, question. It's rhetorical, isn't it? So look at verse uh, 1 again. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. See, this is what God wants for us. Now, we understand that this side of glory, none of us are going to be perfect. Amen? We're going to sin. But we need to, we need to be, the Bible says, unspotted from the world. We need, to, we need to kind of spray ourselves with the Teflon of God's Word as we walk through this world so that the, that the evil of the world doesn't stick to us. We need to be undefiled in the way. Look at verse 15. Verse 15. Did you My other one is verse 59, so I kind of went 15. That's, so verse 15. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect... Unto thy ways. So we want to be undefiled in the way. We want to have respect unto, look at what it says, unto thy ways. If I respect that, that'll help mine. If I respect God's ways, that'll help my ways. Look at verse 59. I thought on my ways... And turned my feet unto thy testimonies. So the idea of the, this idea of loving God's word, when we love God's word, it changes the way we walk. God's word will change our walk. It'll change my ways, the direction of my life and the way that I walk in that direction. So the first one is the way. Number two, number two, testimonies. Testimonies. This is one of my favorite ones. Testimonies. It's used 23 times. And it's a reiteration, an attestation, a witness. This is personal experience and testimony to the truthfulness of God's word. Personal experience and testimony to the truthfulness of God's word. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. How many of you have experienced the truthfulness of God's word? It is true. I heard this preacher, uh, A.V. Henderson. So A.V. Henderson pastored the church that started this church. And uh, he was in an airport, and this guy kept bugging him, just kept bugging him, this drunk, wouldn't leave him alone. He saw him reading his Bible, and he just kept harassing him. And he he said to him, uh, you can't prove to me that one thing in the Bible is true. And he just kept saying that to him. And he said, well, if I can prove one thing in the Bible is true, will you leave me alone? He said, yes. And he grabbed his nose and jerked it and said, the ringing of the nose bringeth forth blood. <laughs> it really happened. Oh, I don't think that's what that guy was looking for. Listen, if you will check the word out, if you, men, if you'll dwell with your wives according to knowledge, your marriage is going to be better. It's just true. Ladies, if you will reverence your husband, if you'll give him that respect that he craves, your marriage will be better. When, when you try these things out, when you handle your finances the way that God tells you to handle your finances, your life will be better. These are testimonies. If you'll rear your children, if you'll discipline them, then your life will be so much better. 
the, the chaos that's in many people's homes because they don't do what the Bible says as far as discipline, your life can be better because raising kids is hard enough. Amen? Man, I, I don't know about you guys. God did not give me the kind of patience it would take to be a mother. And so we disciplined our kids, and so our, our, our home was peaceful. And just uh, this isn't a message on child-rearing, but I do want to say this. The thing that made our home peaceful was Laura and I agreed. So whether the children were with her or whether they were with me, the expectation was the same. Immediate obedience in the right spirit. And if there was not immediate obedience in the right spirit, there was immediate discipline. And what people think is that means that your home is very dark and very prudish and puritanical. No, we laughed all the time. We laughed all the time. Why? Because the kids knew their parameters. And it's so important. That's just an example. What am I giving you? I'm giving you a testimony. When you raise your kids God's way, then your home is peaceful. And we all know once they're adults... You know, Jacob's can still become an axe murderer. Who knows? But in our home, our home was peaceful because we required our children to obey. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? That's just an example. It's a testimony. As pastor, trying to obey the pastoral epistles and be the kind of pastor that the Bible tells me to be, I've not accomplished that, but that's my goal. That's what I'm trying to do. And what's interesting about that is we have much more peace at Grace Baptist Church than other churches where I go to preach. It's very interesting. We, we don't have really paid staff. It's just Laura and me and Megan Cleans. That's our paid staff. And so how in the world does the work get done? Well, godly people like Ty and Justin and Michael back there and, and Logan. and they, These people do the work of the ministry. What a blessing it is. Our deacons... Doug and, and Patrick and Ty and Justin and Ed. We're about to get a new assistant pastor. Where's Ed at? Is he in the nursery? Right there? It's awesome. I've got work for you. But anyway, by raising up godly men in the ministry, God influencing them through his word and through discipleship, the ministry works. What is that? That's a testimony. It's a testimony. We want to do team ministry. So I'm going to be working with Chad because he's much more organized than I am about developing our teams that we started three or four years ago. And It's God bringing men to the church and them using their gifts in this place it's so important. Amen? Amen. Amen. Then, so testimonies. Let's, let's look at verse 2. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. So when we keep his testimonies, when we keep the Lord's testimonies, what is that? That's where God testifies about what he has done Right? When we keep those testimonies, when we believe what God has said about himself, we're blessed. We're happy. We're fulfilled. Look at verse 14. I have rejoiced, look at this, in the way 
of thy testimonies as much as is in all riches. In the way. So when we are walking in the way of his testimonies, we can rejoice in that. And what's interesting is, how many of you think David might have understood riches? Oh, yeah. Yeah, David was loaded. And now, we, Laura and I go home and we're thankful for our house. You know, I go in my library and I'm thankful for that stuff. I go and play golf and I've got a nice set of golf clubs. I, I, I enjoy that stuff. If we want to go to a nice restaurant, Laura and I went to Chewy's. How many of you have never been to Chewy's? All right, so you don't even know what heaven's going to be. You have no idea. And it was nice to be able to go to Chewy's and to have the money to be able to eat. Now, it's not expensive. It's 10 or 11 bucks a plate. But still, it's nice to have that money to be able to do that. How many of you are thankful that you can afford to, to go out and have a meal once in a while? That's, I rejoice in that. It's nice. But you know what was better? Laura made homemade tomato soup with this bacon in it yesterday. All I can say is, oh. I'm, I'm rich, you know, compared to the rest of the world. But I can tell you this, God's ways Seeing what God has done when you try and walk a holy life. And I'm not standing up here saying, well, I always walk a holy life. And if you all will be like me, you will be better. No, but I am saying this. When I watch people who walk an ungodly life, and then I look at at the life that God has allowed me to walk, just as a believer, as a follower of Christ, man, I can rejoice in that way more than Chewy's. More than my golf clubs more than my library, more than my house, more than the things that God has given me, I can rejoice in knowing the the joy that comes from walking in the ways of righteousness. That's the testimony, isn't it? See, I have rejoiced, verse 14, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. Look at verse 59. I thought on my ways. Now, remember, he rejoiced in the ways of God's testimonies. Now, in verse 59, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. See, when I think on God's ways, when I think on that, then I repent. And repent is a change of mind that leads to a change of direction. And I change my direction to what? Look at what it says in verse 59. I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I want you to notice something that's really important in that verse. And uh, obviously I've not preached that section yet. But sometimes people think that Christianity is thoughtlessness. Remember we talked last week, they call us flat earthers and they think that we're stupid. No, when we think, when we think with the mind that God gave us and we study God's word and then look at the world around us, that should cause us to change because we can trust God's testimonies. We want to walk in his testimonies. The third word, the third word, precepts, precepts. They're used 21 times. Now, do you notice this, how much repetition you have here? Testimonies 23 times, precepts 21 times. Interesting, this word is only used in the Psalms. 
It's the only place in the Bible. It's in the Psalms. And these are commands to be passed on to others as a mandate. These are commands to be passed on to others as a mandate. And notice this. This is something that I enjoyed as I, as I uh, prepared this. It's always plural. There's not one thing we're to pass on to others. All God's righteous commandments, all God's truth, all of it. Look at, uh, keep your place here, look at Acts chapter, it's either 19 or 20. It's Acts 20, verse 27. The Apostle Paul's getting ready to leave the church at Ephesus and notice what he says. Acts 20 and verse 27. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. All the counsel of God. How many of you have ever gone to a church where they did something like the Andy Griffith Sunday School curriculum? You ever been to a church that did that? The Simpsons Sunday School curriculum. Did you know that Andy Griffith is not a Bible character? How many of you knew that? How many of you know that the Simpsons are not Bible characters? What are they doing? They don't. Their job, those churches that are doing that, they do not believe it's their job to teach all the counsels of God. I'm just telling you, you know, there are pastors that that retire young. And I, I believe they've retired young because they've run out of things to say. If you're teaching the Bible you will never run out of things to say. I might run out of jokes. <laughs> Laura says that I tell the same jokes and the same stories too many times. It may be true, but I promise you this, I'll never run out of Bible truth to teach. You can't run out of it. And... It's interesting. A guy that says that that stops because he has nothing else to say, apparently he has not been teaching the words of God. And we're going to get to that in a minute. It's really important to see this. So again, look look at our verse. It's always plural. Look at verse 4. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Now remember, these are, again, these are commands to be passed on to others as a mandate. And it's many of them. There's more than 10, amen? Look at verse 15. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I want you to think about something. This verse, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. Let me give you an example of how this works out. Go to, if, keep your place in, in uh, Psalms, go to Ephesians chapter 6. All right, so this is the armor of God, and look at verse 15. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So remember, your ways are where your feet go. 
That's, that's your ways. Now, my feet, that's, they're on the bottom of my legs. You guys got that? Right? They look really weird on your head. So my, my feet, they're shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. How does that affect my ways? So if I go to work with the desire, with the plan to find a way to give the gospel to a co-worker that I've befriended. So we, we eat lunch together, we're, we, we see each other a lot, and my desire is to give that person the gospel. Do you know what that's going to do? That might limit my political speech. That might limit the way I criticize the boss. That might limit the way I grumble about the workplace. That might limit the dirty jokes I tell. That might limit the dirty jokes I listen to. This, You see, when my feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, it changes my ways. Does that make sense? Psalm 119. Verse 15 again. I will meditate in thy precepts. Those are the things I am to teach to someone else. And have respect unto thy ways. You see, when we understand the things that we are to communicate to others, and the primary thing that we're to communicate to others is there is a God. He's coming back. But the first time, he came as a, as, as a baby, born of a virgin, and lived a sinless life. And died on that, that rugged cross to pay for sin that was not his, that was my sin. And then he was buried, and three days later he rose again, proving that he was, is, and always will be God. And if a person will believe that and receive Jesus Christ as Savior, he will save them. That's what they need to hear. That's what they need to hear. If that's my goal, maybe I won't gripe about my wife and complain about my home life. You see how things change? Things change. And that's when I meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. Look at verse uh, 27. Make me to understand, look at the way of thy precepts, so shall I talk of thy wondrous works. When I understand the, the, the walk, when I understand the direction the, the way of life that comes from God's precepts, the things that I'm supposed to say, then I'm going to talk. That's, that, that's it. My feet are going to be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and I'm going to go into the workplace, go into the world, go to the ballpark, go, go to the golf course, wherever it is, and I'm going to the, the beauty parlor. Right, Patrick? The beauty parlor. And what that's going to do is that it's going to change the way I talk in that place. Laura, just, she's, she's so burdened for her hairdresser and she spends hours with her and thousands of dollars but it's interesting yeah i never i never when we talk about after she's gone to the to the hairdresser there's always something about the gospel because this is a person that really loves god but loves her religion and needs christ and needs Christ. See, when you love, when, when you understand these precepts, it just changes the way you walk. And it causes you to change the way that you talk. All right, so number one, the way. Number two, testimonies. Number three, precepts. Number four, commandments. Commandments. This is used 22 times. 
22 times. A definite command imposed by the authority of the commander. That's pretty simple to understand, isn't it? Whatever God tells us to do, that's what we're supposed to do. He is in charge. And we need to submit to that. The freedom that comes from that. Man, I remember as, a, as an assistant pastor, I dreamed about being a pastor. And then when I became a pastor, I found out this is a whole lot different than I thought it was. Very interesting. And so what I needed to do, as an assistant pastor, I just did what my pastor told me to do. That's a lot easier than getting up and knowing what to do yourself, isn't it? So as a pastor, what should I do? I should follow God's commandments to the pastor. And that'll help me to know how to be a better pastor, how to be a better father, how to be a better husband, how to be a better citizen, how to be a better friend. All of these things, when we follow his commandments, it changes everything. A definite command imposed by the authority of the commander. So look at verse 6. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. Verse 10. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Look at verse 19. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. When he says, hide not thy commandments, what's he saying? God, tell me what to do. I don't know. Tell me, please, God, tell me what to do. My first six months as an assistant pastor, um, Dave McCracken didn't really tell me what to do. I go to work and what am I supposed to do? I, I just had to figure it out. Figure out. I didn't know. It's a lot easier when somebody tells you. And here's the deal. Life will be a lot easier when you follow your commander. Let's do that. Let's follow his. How many of you think, that's pretty simple. How many of you know you're supposed to follow God's commandments? How are you doing? (laughs) This is, we need to meditate in his commandments. It's a definite command imposed by the authority of the commander. I will say this. The Bible says, and if you remember, Brother Dave preached this here years ago, that if I'll, that, that God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So that idea, uh, uh, coming up here, uh, uh, what's your name? What is it? Simon. Simon. I started to say Lincoln, and I knew that wasn't right. Okay, so I want you to to come towards me. Come on, keep coming. Come on, come come towards me. What are you doing? Why won't you come towards me? Come towards me. Thank you. You can be seated. Notice I didn't use Jeffrey for that. Um. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will lift you up, he'll raise you up. We're Americans. We really don't like people telling us what to do. Amen? Just don't. Speed limits? Always follow the speed limits. We don't like people telling us what to do, right? Christians need to love having a commander. And your commander is not your pastor. Your commander is not your wife. Your commander is God. And there's another word for that commander. His name is Lord. 
So how are you doing? And you just this is just a real personal question to you. You don't answer me. It's an answer. You answer to God. How are you doing submitting to your Lord? Submitting to your commander? Every day, are you going to your commander and saying, Lord, what do you have for me today? Master, what are your commands to me today? You know, we've all seen the story of the genie. You know, you find the lamp and the genie comes out. Your wish is my command. Right? And he's got to do what you say. I want that. So bad. Wouldn't that be cool? Do you know what God wants from us? God wants us to look to him and say, Lord, your wish is my command. We follow his command. We follow his heart. We follow his ways. We follow his testimonies. We speak his precepts. It changes us when we humble ourselves and realize that we do have a commander. All right, next one, word. So number one, the way. Number two, testimonies. Number three, precepts. Number four, commandments. And uh, did, did we look at verse 19? We did, didn't we? Okay. Then number five is word. Word. Now, that's singular word. It's used 19 times. 19 times. And it means to set forth in speech. In this case, it deals with something brought forth to light by means of speech. So keep your place in Psalms. Go to 2 Peter one twenty one. Right? I know that you all know this verse, but let's look at it. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So in the idea of word, it's not the written word, it's the spoken word or word set forth in speech. So now let's, let's look at it. Psalm 119 and look at verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Now, we know that that is speaking of the written word. We we apply it to that. But this is word that's, when you see this word used in scripture, it's the spoken word. Faith cometh by reading, hearing, in hearing by the word of God. And they can't hear without a what? A preacher. They can't hear without a what? A preacher. Is that talking about Pastor Jim? No. The the word preach means to proclaim. It's just, uh, back in Psalm 119, look at what it says in verse 27. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts, so shall I talk of thy wondrous works. You see, our job is to speak the word of God, to speak, wherewithal shall a young man to cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. According to what word? The word that is taught you. Young men, the word that is taught you. Young ladies, the word that is spoken to you. Listen to it. Obey it. It's the word as it is spoken. Look at verse 16. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. I will not forget thy word. Uh, all through uh, uh, the book of Proverbs. Son, listen to my word. Listen to my words. Listen to me. Listen to me. Incline thine ear. Look at verse 25. 
The Bible says, My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. I need to hear from you, God. I need to hear from you. Very important. It signifies the articulation of God's will to men. The articulation of it. So, remember what we have here. Uh, the Bible says that holy, man's, holy men spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. They, they spoke it. Look at the book of Jude. It's right before Revelation. Verse 14. You hear people talk about the book of Jude as if it's referenced here. I'm sorry, the book, the book of Enoch as if it's referenced here. But notice what it says. And Enoch also, the seventh from God, wrote of these saying. Is that what it says? What's it say? What's it say? Everybody, Jude, verse 14. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, what? Prophesied. See, what we have in the Bible, remember Jesus said, it's expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Holy Spirit will not come unto you. But if he comes unto you, it talks about the things he's going to do. And he says, and he will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have spoken unto you. So what we have in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are the words that Jesus spoke. Jesus didn't write them down and give them. They're words that were spoken, and then they are recorded. You see, you have inspiration. That's God through his Spirit giving the words, inspiration. And then you have inscripturation. That's God leading men to write those words down. It's a different thing. So it's important to understand that this book, it didn't start in written form. It started in spoken form. And then God had it supernaturally written down so the exact words he wanted us to have, we hold in our hands. Isn't that a blessing? So the words... I'm sorry, the word, the word. All right. Um, so I don't want to beat this to death, but we're going to take this to another, another session next, a week from Sunday. But go ahead, close your Bibles, and everybody, you'll start packing up here in a second. So if you do that, I, I can, you can get down and look up here at me. Much of this today has been a review of what we've already covered. But I want you to have these words. I want you to understand what they are. So as we go through Psalm 119, whenever you see the way, testimonies, precepts, commandments, the word, you need to know what that means so that as we teach it, we really know what God is communicating to us. And this repetition is so important to us. That we understand it. So let's all stand together. And I want to ask you some questions based on these words. And this is how I want to finish the service. So the way. The way a man should go on his feet. It describes a journey, a mode of life, a course of action marked out by God's word. It, as you look at your journey, your life, is it marked out by God's word? Where are you going? Where are you headed? You young people, you're at the beginning. Some of us are closer to the end than we are to the beginning. But our journey is not over. We're not. How many of you? How many of you know this isn't heaven? 
right? Our journey, wherever you are on that journey, is it marked out by God's word? Consider your ways, the Bible says. Consider your ways. Then number two, the testimonies. What's your testimony to God's word? Have you submitted enough to God's word to be able to have a testimony about it? I would say most of you have. So let's talk about it. And let's understand that my testimony should agree with God's testimony. Very important. Then precepts. Precepts are those things that I'm supposed to teach to somebody else. When's the last time you communicated something that God told you to say to somebody else? See, knowing it and doing it are two different things. Knowing what a precept is should affect our way. And that will affect the way that we talk. We will communicate God's word. And then commandments, a definite command imposed by the authority of the commander. Have you submitted yourself to your commander, your Lord? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Is he your Lord? Is he your king? Is he your master? Is he your commander? And then word to set forth in speech. Are you taking God's word and communicating it to somebody else? When the word is preached, are you saying, Lord, how does this affect me? Based on what is taught, what do you want me to do? So let's go to the Lord right now. And let's ask him these things. Lord, how, what's my way like? Am I a living testimony to the truthfulness of your word?